o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Busy Friday, super wild card weekend. It's not just wild card weekend. No, it's no, no. Super wild card weekend. Browns at the Texans tomorrow here on the team. Two o'clock. All your super wild card weekend games on the team, by the way. Playing those that you would have to pay for if you don't have Peacock. But guess what? You can listen to them for free over the commercial airwaves. And that would be the Chiefs and the Dolphins coming up tomorrow night. That uh, game on Peacock. But yeah, all the games will be on the team. Dolphins going to frigid Arrowhead tomorrow night. Minus 30 wind chill, I heard. Should be fun. The wind... <laughs> the wind is like a raider. The wind is going to freeze the dolphins. The autumn wind is going to murder these poor dolphins. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We will see. But all the uh, action here on the team, of course, and then there's the Monday night game to wrap it up on Martin Luther King Jr. evening with the Eagles at the Tampa Bay Bucks. So we'll have our picks coming up uh, later on this morning with the Pope. Oh, that reminds me I need to text Rio. Okay. <laughs> I forgot I forgot to get his picks yesterday. Uh, that's okay. It's uh, been a hectic week. So a lot to get to. Um, um, just go ahead. I was going to say also, because I know that we're going to get into it at some point, the uh, coaching carousel, we have breaking news about one of the coaching uh, positions in the NFL it's, already being filled. It's the one that the guy that was uh, was there had the presser yesterday yeah. saying goodbye. Saying goodbye. <laughs> Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo to be their next head coach. That did not take long at all. Patriots <laughs> linebacker coach. Defensive assistant actually played under Bill Belichick for many years. Uh, he is 37 years old, and according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, will be the next New England Patriots head coach. Not entirely a stunner, because there's been talk that that he was kind of a coach in waiting. Though I'm I'm slightly surprised because of of Mike Rabel's availability. Right. Remember the Broncos? They interviewed Gerard Mayo when they were in their coaching search. So has. A little Bronco tie, but yeah, I'm 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 solely surprised for that reason that they didn't want to talk to Vrabel, who obviously played for Belichick, has success as a Tennessee Titans coach. Not not the last two years, but success there. 2021 Coach of the Year. Is it possible that Gerard Mayo convinces Mike Vrabel to come be their defensive coordinator? I don't know about that. I think I think Vrabel's going to keep himself in play for a head coaching job. And I think that would be the wise decision on his part. But I don't know. Maybe for like a year, right? A year where he doesn't have to be the head coach. He can just be defensive coordinator and just sort of take that responsibility. And then in the next round of... Because <laughs> you know... Next year, there's going to be some some team that's going to be like, all right, we kept you as our head coach one year too long. 
Looking at you, Chicago. Because Matt Eberflus coming back to with, this season. With Matt Eberflus coming back, if the Bears don't uh, at least sniff the wild card, I think he's done. And I think that's when you would strike on someone like a Mike Vrabel or whoever. But we'll see. I, I, I do tend to agree, though, that if, you, if you're Mike Vrabel, I think you'd, you want to keep yourself. Because you have jobs available right now. There, with, there are. With, with the Falcons job and Arthur Blank's Carolina. Field. Carolina, to me, is the least attractive of any of them, though. It's, because, it's a garbage because, job. Because of the David Tepper situation. Are you, are you going to be able to go there and, and have control and uh, to do what you need to do? Because so far, as Frank Reich found out, Matt Rule found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it is very much at the whims of the man that owns the team. And David Tepper's a guy, when he's not chucking beer at, at fans <laughs> or whatever liquid was in his cup when he decided to throw it from his lofty perch <laughs> at those peasants down below that don't appreciate my football team. How dare you? Yeah, I... I just think your that, mother you know, was a hamster <laughs> and your father smelled of elderberries. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I don't like with Belichick and Vrabel. I don't know if either one of them would be that interested in, in the Carolina job. I'm not, I'm not sure we've talked about it. to me. It's like young guy, the young coordinator that's being interviewed like a Brian Callahan, somebody like that, mm-hmm. that they may, Hey, this is my chance to be a head coach. Because I don't know if you're a veteran, if you're a veteran coach, are you going to be guaranteed now? If you're Belichick, Belichick, who's got the clout mm-hmm. to walk into David Tapper's office and go, uh, six Super Bowls. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing here. You're going to let me do this. You're going to stay out of my way because if you can't, I'm not coming here. And I and I'm still the, the more I think about it, and our our colleague Tom Sheldon over on Moose Legends texted me. He thinks that uh, because Belichick and Saban are buddies, there was the the famous uh, show with the two of them, Cleveland '95 or, or whatever, whatever it was, yeah, where they where they were interviewed together. I mean, there's they're they're close. There's a really strong relationship there. He thinks they're just going to go to the Bahamas and like, consult people or something. Why not? Which, why not? Start a podcast. Everyone Bill, else Bill's doing gonna, it. Yeah, Bill's going to be 72 in April. Are you ready to go through the rigors of building a team? Because how long are you going to do this? Uh, I, I mean, how long, how long are you committed to doing this when you're going to be now 72 years old? And I think you guys talked about it a lot yesterday, and I tend to agree that if the Dallas Cowboys – Flop out of the playoffs this year. Got to be plug and play. It's got to be ready made. Just needs Bill Belichick, pretty much. And and does because Belichick, like you said, he's going to be seventy two. Does he want to be part of a long drawn out rebuild team, or does he want to win now? Because if he goes to a Carolina or an Atlanta or any of those teams. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a, we need to get this piece in. We need to get this piece in. 
in Atlanta, it's going to be we need to get a quarterback or we need to get whatever pieces, offensive line, blah, blah, blah. For a team like a Dallas that has high expectations and has all the pieces, just can't get it done in the postseason, who better than the greatest postseason head coach in NFL history to be the guy that finally gets you over the hump? Well, and initially, you know, Buckeye brought up Dallas. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, because those are two gigantic egos. Jerry Jones and and Bill Belichick. Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. Those Those are two huge egos. Could they coexist? Well, he's already had a huge ego there. Mm-hmm. And when Bill Parcells mm-hmm. didn't, didn't exactly work out the way they wanted to, but he's but he's been there before. But there's part of me with Jerry that's just, you know, having Bill here. And he could be the winningest coach in NFL history. With the Dallas Cowboys. With my Dallas Cowboys. That that cements my legacy about how what a genius I am to bring in Belichick. And to have him be the winningest coach, coaching the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I could see that, possibly. Whether McCarthy takes him to the Super Bowl or not, that I, I could see a scenario where Jerry goes, okay, let's, let's bring him in. Let's, let's bring in Bill. And because that adds actually to the, to the resume the legacy of one Jerry Jones. Right. Especially if they could win a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick. But there's a part of me, though, it's just the, the, the feeling that I have, the more as this has progressed, I think right now it's, I think Bill maybe is, maybe just goes, I'm done. I'm done. I'm and good. And then Saban and him both go, same time, they're buddies. You're done, I'm done. Let's go We're fishing. Done. Kind of, Kind of like... I'm going to say like a suicide pact. That's a little strong. morbid. A retirement pact, if you will. They go, you're done, I'm done. We're both done. We're, uh, we're the greatest of all time. We're among the greatest of all time. And, and, and here's and the deal. Done. When, for as much as Belichick famously was antagonistic towards the media, or at the very least, somewhat dismissive, he was during that NFL 100 special when he and Tom Brady were doing studio analysis of some of these great players of all time and greatest moments and all that. He was f- fantastic <laughs> as an analyst and as a guy that could kind of explain what was going on. I would not be surprised if the four letter or FS1 or any of the other major networks out there aren't already like ringing his agent saying, Hey, does he really want to coach again? Or does he maybe want to make twice as much money doing studio work for us? And he may very well do that. I I don't know if that's necessarily in, in his DNA because, but it does still sound like Nick Saban very much. There's a lot of, a lot of chatter out there that college game day could be his next destination could be the, Lee Corso basically has a open-ended deal that Corso Corso will decide when Corso is done. I think Lee's health is going to make that decision for him. Sadly and unfortunately, mm-hmm. at the age of eighty-eight, that's I just it just every time I see him on college game day, and I love Lee Corso. I know, and I just feel like he's the the heart and soul of that program. 
he brings the joy, the fun, and just the way Kirk Herbstreit is very much like a a son grandson to him. The way he he treats him and defends him when when people have been terrible to Lee Corso. That I can see Belichick though. He's not going to be the lovable grandpa, you know, kind of figure because that's not that's not Nick that's Saban. Not him. But I think every time I've seen Saban do something media wise when he's been in that situation, he's really good. Yeah, he's very straightforward. He's really good. Breaks stuff down really well. And you can hate Nick Saban as a coach all you want or whatever. Not like him with how he dealt with the media as a member of the media doing the job. Breaking down stuff, he's really good. He is. And I think he would be a tremendous addition. I'd rather see him than, than McAfee on there, to be quite honest. I'm not a McAfee fan on college game day. What? No. I'm not a fan of McAfee on college game I, day. I never, I never would have gotten that impression from you. I, I, don't, I don't mind when McAfee goofs and does some funny stuff, but there are times it's just like the stuff with Washington State. It's like you're now you're just being antagonistic. You're just being a jerk. Stop being a jerk. All right, you're the you're the new guy here. You're the new kid on the block. Stay in your lane. No, know, know your role. <laughs> I know they're paying well, you, and they're paying you a ton well, of money. Okay, but well, hold on. Know your role. That is his role. His role is to be the kind but, of antagonistic. But I don't. But not, not on that show, though. Bloviated. Not on that show. No, that's not his show. And that's that's not his show. You and know, that's you not know, what ESPN paid him for. Yeah, I, I just personally, I just don't think he should be on it. I think he's a bad fit. I really do. He's a terrible fan on college game day. Not a fan of him on there. His show, he does his show. And I, like I said, I'm my ban of talking about he who shall not be named. He who played, who had a G on his helmet at one point. And switched from number 12 to number eight. <laughs> yes. His show's great. He does a great job with his show. I, I'm McAfee. That's his world. That's his realm. I just, I, I think Saban on there would be, I think, a, a great addition. I really do. On college game day, yeah. yeah. On college game day would be great. And let's see what happens with Belichick. I I don't know if he, that's a burning desire for him. I don't know how, I don't know how bad he wants to coach still. Pete Carroll still wants to coach. We know that much. And All right. I, I, know it was, I know it was brought up that a lot of people think Pete Carroll to the Chargers would be a really good fit. I think it would, too. Now, here's a question for you. Going back to his old stomping grounds. Here's a wild, wild, crazy question for you. Because one may recall the success Pete Carroll had prior to arriving in Seattle at the University of Southern California. Yeah. Pete Carroll to Alabama? I I don't know if Pete wants to go coach college football. Because that's a different animal. But he's had... Plenty yeah. of success at the college level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be it though, there were some dark clouds over some yeah. of that success. Fair, yeah. fair. You know, but um, but yeah, I, I just don't but know. But those, those Bama boosters, though. But but if you're if you're the Spanos family, and Pete really wants to coach again, going back to L.A. I mean, for those that are that are USC fans, those were glory days. Mm-hmm. Like our friend Kenny, I think our friend Kenny, who I believe is kind of walked from being a Chargers fan, I bet she goes running right back to them, oh. our arms wide open if his boy Pete Carroll coaches the Chargers. Absolutely. He'd just go right like, I'm back. I'm back, Bolt Nation. I'm, I'm sorry back. I ever left you. I'm sorry I ever doubted I, you. I, I think that could that could be a really good fit. I, I, I just I just think it could. Now, I, 
RJ and Delta 102.1 FM, big time Giants fan. He sent us this this morning. Giants are going to look very different next year. Head coach Brian Dayball, defensive coordinator Bill Belichick, OC Nick Saban, and special teams coach Pete Carroll. RJ. It gets great. He goes, LOL, the dream team. That's pretty good. There be. was a time, though, when the Giants had, like, Tom Landry and Vic Lombardi, or uh, not Vic Lombardi, Vince. Vince Lombardi as their, like, offensive and defensive coordinators. Yeah. So, you know what? It could happen. I did nice. Okay. I got halfway through that sentence, and my brain went, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. I know you got some spare tinfoil left from the kitchen from last week oh that, my you, God. that you want to you utilize. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you put the brakes on that. But no, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. All right, uh, seven seventeen coming up. Don Baver, Palisade Girls Basketball Coach will join us. Also later this hour, uh, we'll we'll talk with Fruit Monument Girls Coach uh, Jeff Johnson as well. Time right now for what's happening. And it's brought to you by our friends over at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with network support, cybersecurity. They can also improve your surveillance with cameras and a system to address your security needs. Also a new business phone system. Call ComWest today. 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com. All right, yesterday uh, they made it official that uh, Bill Belichick uh, leaving the New England Patriots, a mutual parting the ways with Belichick and owner Robert Kraft after 24 years and six Super Bowls. Now the question becomes, where does Belichick go next? If he coaches at all, could it be to the L.A. Chargers? Could it possibly to Atlanta? There are jobs open out there for Belichick potentially but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Super Wildcard Weekend starts tomorrow as Cleveland heads to Houston, followed by Miami at Kansas City. Coverage for the Browns and Texans starts at 2 o'clock with the Dolphins and Chiefs at 6 o'clock. That's all tomorrow. Super Wildcard Weekend all weekend long, all the games right here on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Avs captain Gabe Landeskog skated Thursday for the first time this season. He's out for the regular season with a knee injury that also shut him down for all of last season as well. Coach Jared Bednar hopes Landeskog might be ready for the Stanley Cup Playoffs. Offensive powerhouses collide Friday, or collide tonight, I should say, in Shadron, Nebraska. Maverick men's basketball team takes their second-ranked offense uh, in the RMAC and brings it to the third-ranked offense in the conference. That's Shadron State. Colorado Mesa head coach Mike DeGeorge says a combination of a long road trip and a tough opposing crowd makes for a good challenge for his team to overcome. They have uh, really good talent. They're really well coached. And then they've been really difficult to beat at home. They're 7-1 and one at home. So it'll be a big challenge to get all the way there. And there'll be challenges all around. And it'll be good for our team to, to face that kind of adversity. And, you know, we're going to have to play with a win. Mavericks remain undefeated in RMAC play. They were ranked 11th in the nation in the last NABC D- Division II coaches poll. Mavs and Eagles tonight on the Team CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Women's pregame at 5:15. The men will tip it at 7:30. Tonight, to moving on to prep sports, the Fruit of Monument boys basketball team moved to 13-0 after winning at Glenwood Springs 74-45 on Thursday night. The Wildcats' Daniel Thomason paced Fruita with 27 points, with Jet Wells adding 12 points. Coach Michael Wells says a big part of their undefeated start involves their work on the defensive end. I feel like we've been getting a little better. The guys have been working hard. They've really been putting effort into buying into the concept. From the really kind of the end of the first semester into the first two games of the second semester, I think while we still have some room for improvement, we really turned the corner on that end of the floor. 
Furnamima plays at Palisade Tuesday as part of the team's full-court coverage. You'll also hear Central hosting Battle Mountain with coverage starting at 5 o'clock for all that action Tuesday with full-court coverage. Grand Junction boys basketball team is 8-3 and three after hammering Grand Valley 70-20 to 20 at home Thursday. The Tigers' Will Applegate scored 16 points with Andrew Henderson adding 12 points. They gave up only three points in the first half, by the way, in that uh, dominating win over Grand Valley last night. In girls basketball, the Fruto Monument uh, girls won at Glenwood Springs 56-28 to Thursday. The Wildcats' Addison Air scored 17 points. Olivia Campbell adding 11 points. Fruto moves to 9-2 and on the season. Delta girls basketball team picked up a 35-24 to win at Eagle Valley Thursday night. Panthers coach Kyle Crowder pleased with his team's work on the defensive end. We had a lot of really good individual defensive plays, but you know, collectively as a unit, we rotate well and we get in passing lanes and, and we're able to contest some shots. And uh, we, we definitely got to be better on box outs. I felt like that was one thing we didn't do well tonight. But like you said, holding the team to 24 points, I don't care if they're a good team or a bad team. That's great effort defensively, so definitely got to be proud of that. Delta moves to 5-4 and four as both Panther teams host Steamboat Springs tonight. Coverage on the Monkey, 97.1 in Delta starts at 545 with Mark Cantor. So that's a look at... What's happening? Once again, brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today, call them at ComWest. They'll come to your rescue. 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. Coming up next, Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team, joins us on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Palisade girls basketball with Coach Don Baver on the team. And Bulldogs Coach Don Baver brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. And right now, Don Baver joins us on the team line. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm doing great on this game day. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, game day with Montrose coming up tonight. We'll talk more about the Red Hawks in a moment. Uh, they're looking to uh, get back on the winning side after that loss to Central on Tuesday. But for your basketball team, Don, uh, on a nice little three-game winning streak, you've already exceeded all the, the, the win total for all of last season. Uh, your team definitely playing the way you are hoping they would here in, in 2023-2024. Yeah, we came out of the break nice. I've been listening to some of the other coaches on the radio the past few mornings, and it's just... You don't know what you're going to get when you come out of the gate in the second half of the season. So I thought we ended well in 23 with the Coleridge win and then uh, played maybe our best game of the season against Summit and then um, also took it to Rifle on Saturday. So really like the way our team is playing on the defensive end of the court right now. Yeah, that uh, win against uh, Rifle 54-28. to 28, And uh, Chloe Simons, 24 points. She's your leading scorer on the season. Had a big game in that one. The only player in double figures. But you have to like uh, uh, Delaney Wright with eight points. Uh, Sadie Bunker had had six points. I mean, uh, uh, you had some really good scoring balance, even though nobody else was in double figures, Don, but, but good balance up and down your lineup. Yes, definitely. So like you said, Chloe's leading us on the offensive end, putting the ball in the hole. She's really doing a great job this season of crashing the boards and putting in some of those garbage points. But like you mentioned, we have other tools as well. Delaney Wright, six rebounds, and she can put the ball back up. I think in the summer game, she started out that game with six of her 12 points coming right out. And um, Sadie Bunker, very consistent. She's a vocal leader on the defensive end of the court. So it's nice to have a team where we have multiple pieces because we've been um, limited some with some injuries, some illnesses. I think against both Summit and Rifle, like we suited up like seven true varsity players. But we'll get Addie Ritterbush back tonight. She had an illness over the break, so she's ready to go tonight. Unfortunately, Maddie Baver uh, 
went down with an ankle in that rifle game, so she'll be out probably a couple of games. We're talking with Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team. Uh, Lila Lancaster, another player that's also been uh, really consistent for you, Don, at you know, just a little over four points per game, but uh, just uh, you know, under five rebounds per contest. She's uh, averaging almost three assists per game, almost three steals per game. She, she kind of fills up the score sheet there a little bit, doesn't she? She definitely does. Hey, both those Lancaster girls are doing great things for our program. Her older sister, Lorna, she comes in off the bench. She's a great leader on and off the court. And Lila, I told everybody at the, at the pregame practice last night that Lila's our X factor. Like her defensive intensity and she can score layups and she moves around well. And I usually put Lila on the other team's number one girl. So she'll probably be up against Oberg tonight because that girl's a beast. Don Baver, coach the Palisade girls basketball team with us. And you mentioned Macy Oberg uh, for, for Steve Skiff's Montrose Red Hawks are coming off that, that loss Tuesday to the Central girls basketball team. But uh, Maggie Leg, uh, Tegan Rocco, I mean, they have three players that are in, in double figures right now. Don, that's uh, that are uh, playing a really good basketball. Central, though, uh, certainly got the better of them on Tuesday night. But, you know, Steve Skiff's team will be ready to go against your Bulldogs tonight. Yeah, definitely. They'll be fired up. Yeah, Christina Manzanera had a heck of a game on that Central game all the other night. and She just kind of put that team on her back and said, let's go win this one. So, like you said, Montrose, they're a handful. Like, they have three solid, solid girls, and they're deep after that as well. Like, Kenzie Bush, she's a senior. She plays aggressive defense. I was really impressed with watching her play the other night. But the number one thing is we got to keep them off of the offensive glass because they thrive on putting the ball up, getting those easy points. Don Baver, Palisade girls basketball coach with us on the Team Sports Network. And then um, you play Fruto Monument on Tuesday at your place, Don, and expecting a, a big crowd out there. And with uh, uh, with with Addison Air, the way she's playing, she had 17 in their win against Glenwood Springs. Uh, Olivia Campbell's one of the better basketball players uh, on this side of the hill as well that uh, we face Jeff Johnson's team on on Tuesday. That's going to be a, a heck of a matchup against the Wildcats, a little preview of uh, what, what lies in the future when uh, Palisade joins the Southwestern League. Yeah, we're definitely excited for that, having those two games per year guaranteed to play against those teams. So we also got a junction on Saturday, and they're going to be a they're going to be a handful for us as well because we got to play Montrose tonight, back to back. We play Junction tomorrow. We've got three tough games within five nights, so uh, we definitely got our work cut out for us. So don't want to definitely not overlook Junction. You know, they're coming along. They got the Sills girl, true senior leadership on their team, Harper Young. McKenna Young, a couple of great freshmen, and Hayden Bunnell. She's a great just all-around third, third like asset that they have on that team that uh, really Bunnell's coming along. So Fruit is going to be a handful, but uh, really everybody's going to be an issue from us from here on out. We need to bring our best effort and play our best game night in and night out. I, let's go back to just a moment what your record is right now, Don, because you know last year certainly was, was a challenge in your first year, and you've already won nine games this season. Uh, just, uh, I, I guess for you, the, the, the pride that you have to have and the way this, the, your players have really pushed that season aside last year. They learned a lot. I know you learned a lot probably as well as being a, a head coach in your first season of Palisade that uh, while there's still a lot of basketball to be played and you're looking forward to hopefully a, a spot in the state tournament and some of those things, that uh, there's a lot to be proud about with this basketball team and what they've accomplished at this point. I definitely am super proud of them. And you know, they just come into the gym every single day to get better. Um, last year, you know, let's say a practice started at 3.30. The girls would kind of roll in like 3.25 and kind of like get stretched and ready to go. If we have a practice starting at 3.30 these days, they're in the gym at 3 o'clock, and they are getting shots up. They're staying late. 
I mean, last night we uh, we went late last night because there was a C game versus Central. So then we practiced our pregame after that. From we're going to go like 5:30 to 6:45, and there were still girls in that gym, seven, seven, fifteen, getting work in. So the fact that winning is contagious, but that only comes with those girls putting the work in. So super proud of these girls and just the effort that they're making in um, season two under my leadership. So it's really a players program. And I'm just um, super impressed with them. All right. So uh, that game tonight, uh, Montrose girls at Palisade, six o'clock. The boys will follow tonight, which should be also a really good matchup. We talked to Corey Hitchcock about that game uh, yesterday on the program. Hey, Don, appreciate the time. Of course, we'll, uh, our guys will be out there on, uh, on Tuesday for our full core coverage, Palisade and Fruit Monument. Also, uh, Central and Battle Mountain, part of our full-court coverage, starts at 5 o'clock on Tuesday. Don, appreciate it. Uh, good luck against Montrose, Grand Junction, and Fruit of Monument coming up. Hey, thanks for all you guys do for the Valley. Go dogs! All right, there's Don Baver, coach of the Palisade Girls basketball team. All right, 731, Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles, uh, Jeff Johnson, Fruit of Monument Girls coach, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, they picked up a big win uh, at Glenwood last night bouncing back after a, a loss and so uh of course they'll have a, a very busy weekend as well with basketball of course tuesday out of palisade 731 and it's uh, time for sound check ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen so we go to the world of uh tiktok for this one tiktok user Key Nicole captured the moment on her ring doorbell cam when her mom, a huge Alabama fan, found out about Nick Saban's retirement. Hey, you all right? Why? Nick Saban retiring? Huh? Nick Saban retiring? What? It's all ESPN. No. Uh Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Mom was not happy. <laughs> and you can see it in the in the video, she had like daggers in her eyes when, when her daughter told her told her She's thinking her daughter's pulling the wool over her like, eyes. Like, yeah, you're messing with me. Don't do that. You like you don't mess with an old woman. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's true. Nick Saban. And you know what? I don't blame her for that reaction. I mean, that's it kind of threw me. I was kind of shocked that Saban announced his retirement yesterday because I thought for sure he was going to be coaching at least, yeah, maybe two more years at least. I guess I was mildly surprised. There was a lot of talk about how he he dealt with his this team this year with the Jalen Milrow quarterback spot, the inconsistency there, the, the benching of him. Right. And then getting to the college football playoffs and, and you know, losing the semifinals, losing in over, you know, in, in overtime, that that he his demeanor was softer. It was more pleasant than it normally considering the circumstances of of losing of everything, yeah. Of losing the semifinals. And there was almost a little bit of a, a vibe of of that he had kind of made his peace. This was this was going to be it for him. He, I don't know how many around him outside of his wife, Ms. Terry, knew that this was going to be it for him. But there seemed to be a sense of of calm and of like what I've done. I've I've won six national championships championships at Alabama. I've won one at LSU. Won seven. Nobody's done that. And that this was 
something that he had decided on and kind of made his peace with. So there were maybe some mild signals from Nick Saban that, that maybe he had already made his decision. But still surprised, I think, to, you know, to most of us that, that Saban made, made that call, made that decision. Here's the question for you, and, and this is total, you know, sports radio, you know, cliche question. But it, it does bear the question nonetheless. With everything we know now about Joe Pa and all that scandal and everything, mm-hmm. would we consider Nick Saban the greatest college coach of all time? College football coach? Yeah, I because he he is sixth all time in total wins, but seven national championships that's across a lot. two programs. That's a lot. I would say that if you're just boy, boy, it's tough because yeah, Paterno four hundred nine wins, Bobby Bowden three forty six, Bear Bryant, of course, the, the legend. Yep. At Alabama, 323. Pop Warner, 318. Amos Alonzo Stagg at 314. And then Saban at 292. Um, just when it comes to, I, I know it's, that's, that's a difficult question to answer. Because with, with Paterno, how much of the Jerry Sandusky scandal do does that influence our opinion of him about wins and losses? Now, you can criticize Joe Paterno for how he handled the situation, why and, he why he didn't do something about it, why he turned pretty much a blind eye to it. And you can criticize the man for his moral compass or how he handled an awful situation that that he sadly sounded like allowed to go on. Do we hold that against what he accomplishes? Like so many figures, historical figures that right. we now we have to deal with complicated histories, whether they're in sports or not. How do you address Joe Paterno's legacy? And he's still the winningest coach, and it's going to, you know, I can't imagine Mac Brown ever catching him. Mac Brown's at 276, and Mac Brown is in Saban territory age wise. And so that's, that's not going to happen. I don't know. I, championships matter. It's what the it's what the pinnacle is. It's what you strive for, mm-hmm. and probably if you know if you want to just go on that, on that alone, Nick Saban, who's you know as we talked about, is sixth in wins. He's probably the greatest coach of all time. I, I wouldn't have a problem saying that and feeling comfortable saying that. And I don't know if I like I said I don't know how how much I want to. How much we should take what happened with the Sandusky scandal and 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 have that influence what we have to think about Paterno just wins and losses right just what just what he did between the lines not not what you know what he didn't do his negligence there I don't know, does that does that taint your opinion of, of Paterno and absolutely it does I mean I, I have to we have to sometimes I think separate though I think we have to try to uh, you have to separate. The man's accomplishments in one area that had nothing to do with with poor decision making does it does it influence our thoughts? Sure, it does. You can't just say it's not, it's not nothing because it was something. But in terms of what he accomplished as a coach and wins and losses, it's 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 like Michael Jackson. 
There are people who still love the music of Michael Jackson. Right. Should you feel bad that you like to listen to Thriller because of what happened? It certainly influences your your joy for the music of Michael Jackson of because of, of what happened there. The man still created some incredible music. Joe Paterno coached some incredible football teams. And you can you can respect the accomplishments, but not like the human being. And not think the human being was a particularly good person. And they did terrible things. I think people have a hard time separating those things. It's difficult because it's not easy because both things were horrible. Both things were terrible. Right. Children were abused, sexually abused. It's it's not something you just go, well, that's not nothing. It's like it's not like he didn't pay his parking tickets or something like that. <laughs> yeah. This was I mean, this is this is important. These were terrible things that they were both involved in in different ways. I just don't know if you can always though immediately go, we're not he wasn't relevant because of this. I think you have to separate the human being from the accomplishments. I, I just think you have to try to do that because we can't we can't take every historical figure that did something terrible and go, well, yeah, they were an awful human being. And so the work that they did, the the, the genius that they had, the success they had is, is now irrelevant because of the awful things they did. It's, I just think you have to find a way to, 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 to reconcile both parts of it. You can think Joe Paterno was a horrible human being and didn't do the right thing, but also acknowledge he was one of the greatest college football coaches of all time and be okay with both those things. Does that make sense? No, I, 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 I agree. And I, I, I tend to lean more towards the side of which is because for, for Paterno, I know, went, I know he, won, he won two national championships, by the way. Okay. Guess, so there you go. You know, so he did win. You went one, two, but I mean, I, I'm probably comfortable saying Saban's the greatest, even though he's not the winningest coach of all time. I would tend to agree, and I think the yeah. this seven titles right there are probably good enough reason to do so. And probably for those that, that feel like Paterno because of what happened with Jerry Sandusky, that that, that also takes him down several notches as well. And I can I can get that, and I, I don't, I'm not going to rip anybody for feeling that way. I also think it's let's not just throw Joe Paterno out like he, you know, that because of what happened, the other accomplishments, the donations he made to, to Penn State, those things are are immediately disqualified because of the other stuff. That's my thought. 740. And text or call us. Chick-fil-A, uh, excuse me, the team text line, 970-242-1340. Old habits die hard. Uh, and uh, so uh, we will take a break. We'll come back. Jeff Johnson joins us next for the Monument Girls Coach. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Get in the huddle with Fruta Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson's brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078 on the team line. Jeff Johnson, Wildcats coach, joins us. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Doing great. I uh, never complain about Friday morning. Oh, no doubt about that. Well, uh, especially coming off a win uh, on the road last night, both the, the Wildcat boys and girls at Glenwood, and uh, able to get the 56-28 to 28 victory last night. Uh, Addie Air had 17 points for you, and uh, Olivia Campbell had 11 points last night. You're now 9-2, and two, and 
I know that you're going on the road, playing at Glenwood. Um, you're, you're trying to, to bounce back after uh, that loss to Chatfield in, in a tough one, 40-37. A good little get-right game at Glenwood last night, Jeff. Yeah, uh, you always want to bounce back from a, a tough, close loss. Um, and the girls did a great job, did, a, did things that we asked them to do. And um, it was, hey, let's win four-minute quarters. Uh, so, and we did a really good job of uh, winning eight of them. Uh, so we kind of tried to break it down more than just the typical four quarters and uh, to help keep us more focused throughout the full quarter. You had the two-game winning streak before the loss to Chatfield, so you've been playing some some pretty good basketball. But uh, you know, that, that Chatfield loss certainly, like you said, you know, on your home floor, disappointing loss. You end up losing it by three. What was kind of the message going into the Glenwood game after that loss to Chatfield? Well, the message was keep shooting your open shots. Um, I believe we were one of eighteen or zero of eighteen from three-point line. Um, and that's untypical of us, but. Uh, we got got to finish our shots and then uh, free throws. And I believe last night we were five of five, six of six, or something like that from the free throw line. So uh, when we get those opportunities, we just got to capitalize on them more often. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team, with us. Uh, as I mentioned, Addie here had 17 points in that win at Glenwood last night. Uh, she's your leading scorer by just percentage points right now over uh, Liv Campbell, uh, 13.4 to 13.2. But uh, seven point two rebounds per game. She's uh, had a sensational season. I, I I think in some ways you probably expected her in her senior campaign, Jeff, to be good. But did you expect her to be right now with as as talented a scorer as Olivia Campbell is? For for Addie Air to be your leading scorer right now to have the season she's having has to be uh, a very pleasant surprise for you. Oh, it's great. Uh, I mean, it's like who do we get to get more scoring from? Um, and like you said. Liv, Liv will get there. Um, she has struggled with her shots in games. Um, and that's, that's the only reason why her points are a little bit down this year. Um, but uh, like I said, she's a scorer. She, she'll do great things for us as the season continues. Did you see and this coming? Yeah, did you see this coming from Addie? I mean, during the, you know, during the summer camps and, and open gym and these kind of things, did you see this kind of season coming from her? Yeah, uh, she worked really hard in the spring. Um and then uh, in the summer, we saw some certain things at camps. Um, like her biggest thing is her footwork has improved so much as somebody that plays in the post for us, but isn't is kind of undersized. But her footwork, she, she just outworks people with great footwork, um, and she worked all spring on that. Uh, I think last year she probably averaged two or three travels a game, and now I. It might be one every other game or something like that. So she's done a tremendous job of working on the footwork. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team with us, coming off the win at Glenwood last night, 9-2. and two. And then, uh, Jeff, you got a few days off here before uh, Palisade on Tuesday. Uh, you go out to their place, and it's a Bulldogs basketball team that has won more games than they won all of last year. It's Don Baver's second season coaching the Bulldog girls. Uh, Chloe Simons has had a, a heck of a start to the season. Uh, it's a team that's got some really good scoring depth, some good balance in that department. It's It'll be a real test for your team coming up on Tuesday at what should be a raucous uh, uh, doghouse out of Palisade. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's always fun playing uh, against in-town rivals, in-town schools. Uh, and like you said, Don's been doing a great job getting that team. Um, and that's what you want to do as a, a coach, and being the new coach at program, and keep improving every year. Uh, so he got his girls going on the right track. Um, and it, it won't be easy. you got to come out and compete. Um, 
and be consistent on our defensive end. And, and I, if we do that, I like our chances. They've had, of course, you have a little time here before the game on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> late night last night, so not, not a lot. Of, I'm sure you haven't really had a time to, to dive in a lot into, into Palisade yet. But uh, what are some things that uh, Jeff have to pose some challenges for your Wildcats coming up on Tuesday? Um, like you said, I, I haven't dove into them. Uh, we did play them um, in their tournaments. Um, but it, it, it really just comes down to us being consistent on defense. Um, and that's what we've been harping on all week. Uh, and we'll harp it on these next couple of days that we have before them. Uh, we're a big believer. If we play great defense, it leads to our transition offense. And that's where uh, we're most successful. Well, the last time out, you held him to 29 points. Chloe Simons had had 13, but uh, nobody was else for the Bulldogs was close to, to double digits in that game. So, obviously, uh, you know what you did on the defensive end the last time, uh, uh, you know, proved to be very successful against Palisade back in, in the the Bulldogs tournament. Uh, as far as what what Don tries to do in terms of uh, full court pressure, things like that, what are some of the things that you saw in that game you expect to see coming up on Tuesday? Well, I, I, I expect uh, in trying to pressure us, try to get us uh, uncomfortable, speed us up, um, and then just uh, trying to limit uh, both Liv and Addy, uh, trying to make other people be scorers for us. Uh, and uh, hope we'll have ladies all step up um, and, and do great things for us. Uh, I know Kenzie shot the ball pretty well last night, uh, so hopefully – that will continue. She's kind of been funk the last couple of games. Um, but uh, just making sure our girls are confident in what we're trying to do, both on the offensive and defensive end. All right. Of course, we'll have that part of our full-court coverage, uh, both Fruta teams at Palisade on Tuesday, and then Central hosts Battle Mountain. Our coverage will start Tuesday with full-court coverage presented by Ken Richards State Farm at 5 o'clock on Tuesday for all that action. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate the time, and it was a long night last night, early morning for you this morning joining us. Right. We, uh, we we do appreciate uh, the, the time and uh, and getting up a little bit, well, getting your schedule adjusted to, to join us for a few minutes this morning. I, I greatly appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruita Monument girls basketball team, off to a 9-2 uh, and two start. All right, 751. Jim along with Cake today. Text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Uh, let's see. Um, not sure what Kenny's text refers to exactly. It's, no, that would be Pete C. Uh, I'm not seeing Kenny's text. So. I'm seeing it. I'm not, because we're, we're joking that, well, Kenny was a Chargers fan in the past, big USC fan. And we're thinking, hey, Pete Carroll goes to the Chargers. Maybe Kenny would go, you know, running back to embrace the Chargers. Well, more clarification there, Kenny. More clarification, please. Uh, let's see. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, this is from the Guru. Good morning, Guru. Uh, happy cold Apache Friday. Chargers make the most sense to me if he is interested. Uh, Herbert has elite skills, and the whole team would benefit from Belichick's knowledge and coaching skills, both offensively and defensively. Also, congrats to Gerard Mayo. I didn't have uh, that many favorite Patriots, but he was one of them. Great player and smart, talented guy. Good luck. Okay, uh, greatest coach of all time, college coach, that's what he means, is Pete Carroll, in his opinion. Oh, because we were talking about saving. Yeah. And... yeah. I uh, see what you did there, Kenny. Pete was good. But you have Saban with, with seven national championships, sixth all-time in wins. That's a lot. That's 
that's an impressive, impressive resume. No doubt about it. All right. So um, 7.52. Coming up next hour, Central Coach Mary Doan will join us as uh, the Warrior Girls coming off that uh, big win against Montrose on Tuesday night to open up Southwestern League play. We'll talk with Mary about that. And uh, uh, Don Baver uh, referenced uh, Christina Manzanera's huge 25-point game against uh, the Red Hawks on that one. So Most of them in the know. second half, too. That was yeah, the, You recall that game in a uh, big second half for her. Huge second half for Manzanera's. And then for me, the, the thing that probably really helped them is Bryn Wagner got to the foul line. And whenever she got to the foul line, she made her free throws and made them count. And I think she finished with like 18, if I remember correctly. And so the combination, right? If for Central to win this year, your two best players, Manzanares and Wagner, they're going to need to have good nights. And they have to be great every night, pretty much. They have to be pretty really, much. They have to be really, really good every night. It's you know, it's Joker and Blue Arrow, right? It's it's and you got to have some some offensive contributions a little bit up and down the lineup, but you also have to play great defense. You do, and, and credit where it's due. I thought they played excellent defense against Montrose. Three really talented players for the Red Hawks. Yeah, and they kept them in check. Yeah, so all right, seven fifty four. And uh, by the way, for the folks in Montrose, we will have uh, Montrose hosting Glenwood Tuesday as our Highway 50 game of the week over on the Monkey 97.1. So uh, we'll have that one for you with the pregame at uh, 545. And that's on top of our full court coverage here, yes? That is on top of what we have here. So if you're a high school basketball fan, Tuesday is your day. Yeah, it's uh, we're starting to get into more of our full court coverage stuff uh, as we move forward into uh, league play in high school basketball. All right, uh, 754. One thing I, I, I want to bring this up just one final time, and we, we kicked it around the other day and and um, got some comments on it. Okay. Uh, in the state of California with the proposed legislation to ban, high, to ban tackle football for kids 12 and under. They have to get it through the state legislature approved by the Senate and in the, in the, in the state by the end of this month. And then Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has to sign it into law. And my take on it the other day, and I'm just curious, we'll throw it out there again for the pile. While maybe you don't think your kid should play tackle football under 12, it should be flag football. Okay, and I, and, I, and I respect that and I appreciate that. I just have a real problem with a, with a state or federal government dictating to parents that we know better you know what's better for your kid than you do you need to make that decision with your child you need to do the get get the work get, you know do the work do the research and analyze that yourselves if you got some thoughts on that today you can also reach out to us on the team line 970-242-1340